Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Drink Talking with the Thinking Drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon, and Mistress of Wine, Sam Capon. All the booze news and views from Absinthe to Zinfandel. I demand to have some booze. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of It's The Drink Talking. As ever, I am joined by my beautiful co-presenters, Samantha Caporn, who I saw uh, stumbling into the office this morning wearing an oversized pair of shoes after what I believe was a heavy night out. Yes, that's why I think my voice... Sounds quite nice this morning. Sexy. It's a little gravelly. Ah. <laughs> That's what happens when you speak to a lot of people till three in the morning in quite a noisy place. What was the occasion? It was our 25 years on school leavers reunion. Oh, you no. don't look that old. Oh, oh chaps. Oh, you I do today. So was it good? It was really good. Really nice. Are you doing better than most of your peers <laughs> in yeah, life? It's quite a posh school so there was a lot of people there who was doing pretty, high, pretty high well achievers. oh high really achievers. that's annoying yeah. but yeah. they've all got boring jobs and everyone's going god you've got oh, a great well, you job know what? you that's an interesting. yeah that's an interesting point a lot of people did say that's really interesting it is interesting definitely not the most well paid job there no. I suspect no, of course but, um, but one lady did say oh that's the most interesting job I've heard of tonight mm. and I thought yeah, yeah. we haven't yeah. spoken to anyone yeah. was yeah. there anyone Who's really on their uppers? Who you, you got talking to, and they were having a terrible time. No, actually, everyone was That's really annoying, good. Yeah, no, everyone was brilliant. I mean, it's what was just amazing <sighs> was um, last time I saw that bunch of people in the room, we were teenagers. And now we're all middle-aged yeah, parents. that's interesting. Any affairs going on in the room that you were, learned about? Yeah, there yeah. were. Did, were there any two people in the room. In the room. No, yeah. wow. That was <laughs> yeah. very good. And <laughs> alcohol, of course, fuels all of these it's things. A, it's a good social lubricant. And, um, yeah. and it, consoles. <laughs> we will delve deeper into all that. Off air. Off air. Yeah. <laughs> and hello, Tom. How are you doing? I'm okay, yeah. I'm, yeah, the other voice in people's ears. Yeah, you're um, the spirits expert. Oh, We're yes. other half of the thinking drink. We've been through this before. We have, but, uh, we, 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 but there Sorry, are so, we... as we've seen from the listener numbers, Ben, there are new listeners every week to our podcast. Uh, while they can go back and retrospectively enjoy all of them, it's always good to remind them who we and are. Ho- and suppose. I'm sure you must have more fans following your hilarious stint at the festival, which I think we should yes, mention. Yes, we were off the back of the Edinburgh yes, Fringe Festival. We are, yeah, yeah, we had a wonderful time out there. Yes, Sam. Had I did very... enjoy doing a Congo with you chaps. Yes, the Congo Congo, or the Conga? Conga. Well, I don't know. Congo what is, what's the, it the called? Congo, the Congo is a Democratic, Democratic Republic. What was that? Come uh, on and do, do the, the Congo. Con- that's that's the con- did I say yes. Congo? Yeah, but that's fine. I think um, everyone knew what I meant. Yeah, no, I've, I was being pedantic. Yes, lots yeah. of people came to see the show. You're right. You came and uh, many others over the course of the Edinburgh. I hope we didn't put you off right in the front row. You, you did. You, you did. Massive, massive, yeah. massive thing so to like, distract us. Kill me. You looked like you'd had a drink as well before you came in. Which was... Well, actually, I had <laughs> flown straight off Saturday Kitchen, straight up to Edinburgh, and I'm not a big fan of flying, so I had sunk quite a few gins oh, okay. with a very nice couple next to me on the plane. And then... Um, 
got presented with champagne the second I got into my friend's house, so I was a little yeah. oiled. Yeah, right. Okay. Responsibly, out, obviously. Yeah. We give out drinking our share, of course. So that yeah, if you're five free drinks, off. which in isolation would not get you drunk, no. but on top of what mm. you consumed, probably was, was um, yeah, yeah. And we're now on tour as well, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you can still come and see us. All we're going all the over the country. Uh, go on to thinkingdrinkers.com for our dates. Yeah. But anyway, Marvelous. good chatting, everyone. Um, good energy. We're, we're here to uh, talk about drink. And I'm going to kick off by talking about what I'm going to spit and what I'm going to swallow. Right. Mm. Because I think this is going to be quite good. And I'll say that <laughs> every, every that. week. Okay. Well, you basically just cursed I'm, it. No, I mean. It's going to be shite. <laughs> Well, let's just see. So my spit is all mm-hmm. to do with football. Hey, yeah, football. football yeah. Let's. <laughs> I like football. Uh, I liked it before it was fashionable to like football. I'm a big QPR fan. They were doing quite well this season. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, but the football, game's eh? gone mad. Ben. The game's gone mad. Yeah, and so on. Um, but Moving anyway, back to your booze. Yeah, yeah and the, the link with booze is the fact that when I go to the football, you can't have a drink. When you go to the cricket, you can have a beer. Very you civilized. go to the rugby, you can have a beer. You can have a glass of wine. You can have pretty much anything. You drink it in the plastic, though. I went to theatre at the weekend, and it was for my husband's birthday. Went to an amazing piece of theatre. And what, got a little half bottle of champagne for half time? Had to chuck it in a plastic cup when we went half back time, in. Half time, I think it's called the interval. Interval. It's not half no, time. Wait a minute, into plastic champagne. And I was gutted. Why? Yeah, oh, but the but you're going to half bottle of champagne. But you're going to glass the performers. But, is that the thing? Well, no. well that's, that, that's the question. Yes. Mm. Okay, it's but exactly can we get back to football? Because but do you have to drink out of plastic at like lawns yes. or like cricket yes, yes, and yes, everywhere? Absolutely, yeah. and, and that's not my main bugbear. I understand from a health and safety perspective. I understand the realities that obviously if people are smashing glass all over the place. That's bad. Mm. But the fact is that when you go to football, you can have a beer before the game and a beer at half-time. Mm. And the two things I object to is the fact that you have to rush these beers because, obviously, everyone wants a beer at the same time. And so you can't you have to take queue. even plastic, you can't You're take it back in You're not allowed to drink alcohol within sight of the pitch. Really? Yeah. Mm. But no, the, the beers they serve, firstly, are... Crap. Are rubbish. Big brands? Uh, they're big brands, we're not going to name mm. names, but yeah. essentially it's overpriced. There's no choice. The, the average football fan now is, when they go to the pub, they're going to be drinking decent beers. Yeah. So when they go to the football, why is there not better choice? And mm. if you think about the role of a football club within a community and the role of a brewery mm. within a community, a local brewery within quite a community, high, they are integral. both they both integral. Mm. And why integral. can't they... Inter- integral, yes. Yeah. Exactly, both of those things. I don't know, actually. That's a, they're in, integral. They're integral. What do you mean, integral? Integral. Integrated. Yes, integral. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, um, bought, I had a half pint of beer last weekend. Wow. Wow. Come <laughs> in, come <laughs> on. <laughs> News, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was £4.50. That means if I bought a pint, mm. it'd be £9. Okay, Is that well, all right, well, I, I had a glass of cheap house white. It was £4.50. Mm. Same thing. Why is that any different? I just thought it was outrageously yeah. expensive. Why? £9 for a pint of beer. Why? Hops, there's more ingredients going to beer than wine. Oh. Well, 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 I had a glass of cognac the other day. It was worth £270. Yeah, but that's... Boom. Did you pay <laughs> for it? Yeah, exactly. Of course I didn't. No, no, I never pay for a drink. Was it delicious? It was delicious. We'll talk about it one day. Oh, good. So, okay, so mm-hmm. the point being that, firstly... They need to the beer game Why don't football? they serve fine cognac in football games? <laughs> exactly. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> firstly, you have to queue up all together, and it's a real bun fight, and uh, you can't get a beer. And then when you do get it, you have about 10 minutes to drink it, so you drink it irresponsibly, you drink it really quick. Then, after the game, it's exactly the same thing. What's People, the solution? Well... Firstly, I think if there's no sort of apparent needle between the fans or if it's not a high-octane game or you don't think the atmosphere is particularly toxic, then I don't see why most grown-up people at football mm. matches can't be trusted to have a half a pint. Or Certainly a pint out of plastic. Out of a pint mm. of plastic glass. I think if you treat people like idiots, they will act mm. like idiots. And it's a bit bonkers. If they're drinking half-time... Still you can still go and well, t- if you got there early, you can then exactly you can cane yeah. a couple of pints exactly. and you sit down and you need yeah, to lose. Yeah, and also you can then um, most local breweries you could partner up with, support them, and have a beer that's about 
three, four percent. That's a good idea. A friend is a Crystal Palace fan, and he said that the best-selling beer in in the ground is a locally brewed yes. beer. Yeah, that's a really mm. nice way of bringing that other community it, businesses back, in. back into it. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, the reason they sign up with the big breweries is obvious because they're going to get a better deal on their point and make more profit. But really. I think you're going to get more people going mm. along if the whole experience is better. Mm. And makes and it feel a bit more... Um, it's actually, more it's of an got, experience. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. It's more like you can relax. Like, actually having mm. that drink in a, a half-time interval. No, it is half-time. No, it's it's half-time a bit more <laughs> interval at the theatre. Yeah. Having a drink halfway through. It's quite a nice a treat on yeah. the weekend. Yeah. I don't, I'm not very good at um, drinking the day because, frankly, I just need to sleep. No, you mm. just have to do it all <laughs> in the evening, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So, or um, played. But also or an easy way, an easy way for, for them to... Like, if you've paid 60 quid for a ticket in the West End or, or for a game of football... How much and, How much is a ticket to the football? Well, you pay 60 quid and upwards for a big, sort of one of the big four, which yeah, QPR, QPR is not about yeah. 20, 25 quid really? if you're lucky. But add yeah. to that experience, when you go to the bar, they've got interesting beers, and although you have to pay for them, it's still What's just the like? elevates the oh, I'll give you an idea of the food. Uh, they do a meal <laughs> deal at QPR. Okay, normally, I can't remember the exact prices, but this gives you an idea of the kind of sophistication of their catering, is that you can get a meal deal, a hot dog and a beer. Normally the hot dog is £2.50, <laughs> and normally the pint is £3.50, <laughs> but if you buy them together, six quid. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they've, exactly the same price. I mean, they... That's a, I they just, it so bad, just, I thought it was more expensive. No, no they've just added it together. A sophisticated um, phone base. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, taken off 10p. But it's full, it's full, no, they've not even taken off 10p. <laughs> it is. So that, I think, is... And, and they're also... Leighton Orient, if you've been to Leighton Orient, sort of East London, quite hit... But they've been relegated now, mm, or out of the league. But they, trouble, their bar, it's really good. Is they've got a East massive London? selection of beer. Yeah, trend, yeah, it's a bit, bit trendy, trendier. and it's very, very good. There's no reason why they shouldn't serve good beers. Basically, and not only that, we should be able to watch the watch watch football with a beer. It's great. Well, you've convinced me, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I'm in. I, I watch most of my football via Sky Sports News updates on Saturday as the scores come in and I drink really nice beers so yeah. I just don't go and to the games anymore Ben No, I just find the prices madness it's great <laughs> game's gone crazy game's gone crazy just on top of that as oh, ever with a lot of our topics is that if any of the leading football clubs out there need some consultants to come in and advise them as ever on, on, on their, their choice of beer and beer cognac yeah, and, and wine then uh, we are available through the usual channels we're here guys <laughs> good stuff okay um, so that's my spit and the thing that I'm particularly pleased about at the moment mm. is <laughs> yourself you're running look at you you're training yes. you're yes. fitness oh my chafing oh. oh I don't know no I don't we'll talk about that it's later it's such a visual thing as well I think until we've got a video chub rub it's called <laughs> oh, it's then, called chub rub yeah. <laughs> little chub rub little chub rub <laughs> um Everyone knows about this whole craft beer revolution, oh. all these breweries opening, little guys, local breweries making wonderful beers, lots of innovation, lots of entrepreneurial verve, lots of unusual ingredients, new styles and everything. Every week there's a new brewery opening. But at the same time, this all comes under the idea of a craft umbrella, mm-hmm. this idea that this is all craft beer. Now, some of the big brewers are now buying smaller breweries or releasing beers and trying to call them craft, which is fine. What is a craft beer? Well, oh, is the question. Oh, Sam, you've opened up a can of worms there. If you go online and type mm. that in, you'll be uh, treated Bamboozled. to uh, treated to some really, really fascinating <laughs> online debates. Should you be tired yes. but can't sleep? Yes. <laughs> then there Should is you want your to cut solution. Off your, <laughs> yes. So, uh, we haven't got time to go into what is craft because that is as... Uh, it's just so tedious, it's not true. But I do think that as more and more breweries are being bought and more and more beers on the bar purporting to be craft when they're not, or they're not as artisan as they say they are, that there needs to be a bit more clarification. Because I think a lot Is of people... Is it size? Does well, size si- matter? N- yeah. Oh, Very well. much no. As we know, it doesn't. <laughs> no, because I think um, no, <laughs> I don't think I don't think remotely. size does matter because if you're making the same beer you did when you were very small, uh, and, you get bigger. and you get bigger, and you're making a success of it, and you're independent, then I think then you've not changed the way you're well, doing things at all. Quality goes down. Well, as that's it. Is, if if you can well, preserve, well, no. if you can preserve the integrity of the yeah. quality, then I, I would, and I think because we went over to America, and we wrote this book about the craft 
brewing scene there. And Sierra Nevada is probably a good Absolutely. case study, isn't it? Absolutely. It's sort of grown. They, they've moved They the are the leading posts. light. And they're still, they're still any, pretty tasty. Yeah, because they are, they've kept all the standards of cleanliness yeah. and, and quality the ingredients control. that he uses. He's just scaled up, but it's, he's kept everything the same. And I think I that's the think only way I don't think any critic that. or beer drinker can lay a glove on them in terms of their quality and their, their commitment to making the best beer they can. Mm. I mean, in everything they do, they're environmentally friendly, they're green, they grow their own hops, but they're an amazingly run, well-run business. And they make lots of money, but there's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. mean, it really is... Where are they based in the States? Uh, a place called Chico. Oh, great oh, place. Well, great place. That's voted, a great town. Great town. Voted the best college party town by... It's been in the top ten by Playboy magazine, not that we're <laughs> endorsing We Like Girls... Um, <laughs> I was going to stop that right yeah. there. Uh, but the top ten college party towns for the last five, ten years is something yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we drove in there. Ben and I went to the brewery, and when we drove in, there were lots of these frat and sorority houses, oh. and there were people like dancing on roofs with big speakers out. You know, like the, the films, yeah. those American college parties. That's real. There were oh, houses brilliant. next door to each other, just rows of these oh, houses, was, just everyone right. having parties. Like bikinis it was, and everything. I mean, oh, we no were way. we were a bit old for it, but we not yeah, too we, old. No, we, we, we gave it a go. Did you really? Yeah, I didn't dance on roofs. That sounds terrible. No, no, no. But anyway, so to get back to my original point, is that (laughs) there's this organisation called the Society of Independent Brewers Association, CBA, which maybe people won't be aware of, but they are like a a sort of industry body that represent all the small guys, about 850 of them, and they've introduced this kite mark this logo that they can put on their bottles or on their pump clips which is the badges mm-hmm. on the pumps and at the bar that tell consumers that these breweries that are not only independent so they have no other brewery owning them or, or have a, a sort of majority stake in them that they are tasty well quality mm. that they've gone through all the quality checks so they go into the brewery, make sure they're doing everything right, mm. cleanliness, quality, consistency, and so they've, they've taste t- checks, taste checks, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Because of the, one of the big problems, the big threats to this burgeoning craft beer movement is the fact that the quality can go up and down a lot, mm. and consistency, and people are paying quite a lot for a beer, and if they taste one that just tastes awful or tastes completely different to the time they had it before, then sooner or later they're not just going to reject that beer or that brewery. They're going to reject craft beer as a whole mm. and go back to drinking wine or or cognac, Tom, if uh, if they so are so inclined. Mm. I so, drank a lot of beer last night. Moretti, is that a good one? Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's Italian. Yeah, it's got a man with a moustache on the fresh. front. Yeah, it's it's it. a, also. I don't think you're judging people for making a choice of any beer are you i don't think that's the, no. the point i mean i was in i was on the Eurostar the other day and the only beer of choice was um was cronenberg now i really don't enjoy cronenberg but that's not to say that it's an, a beer my, that yeah. other people can't my enjoy enjoys a cronenberg. but if, if cronenberg mm. like foster's for example started putting craft produced all over mm. it then you'd probably have to say well let's not be disingenuous let's mm. at least say what we are and that's a large, a and large that's of volume fine. brand and that's fine if you yeah. enjoy it it's yeah. not critical of that so much as how what? they're marketing their product so you think the seba's good i think it's a really good thing. a good thing they are supporting the local bro- and they're not saying that you shouldn't is. drink mainstream beers yeah. or mm. beer but just to Trying clarify to between the integrity so when, of what craft beer is when a drinker goes into a pub and looks at the different mm. beers if you want to support a local independent brewery you're not always going to be able to tell which of the beers on the bar are made by them mm. unless they have Got a little mark hands, and they go yeah. okay you have the choice between two beers that's quite similar one of them's a small guy one of them's owned by one of the big breweries that I'll might go, yeah, yeah. I'll go for a small one we've yeah. got quite a lot of um, independent shops where I live and I would always uh, make an effort to transport them because then people go oh that's such a shame they closed down and you're like but you never ate there no. like, mm. you know and you're surprised that it's gone or you know there's a like nice I don't know, fishmongers or whatever, and try and go there. Well, this is it. But I I think that's a little bit different because people can make that choice quite clearly. So it is a kite mark and it's called, it's not a particularly snappy (laughs) title, The Assured Independent British Craft Brewer Scheme. Catchy. Yeah, again, I mean, it sounds like they need some sort of brand consultancy. consultancy And, um, you know, you might. Maybe call it Craft Mark. Wow! Ooh, don't yeah. give it away it's a bit for close free, to cask bark, which well, is another, another. Yeah, that is cask. Probably yeah. got to go a bit further away from it. Beer badge or <laughs> uh, 
No. Let's, have, let's give it more thought. Yeah, I yeah. Think. I mean, that's just us throwing some ideas around. So yeah, no, yeah. Rather than just chuck ideas. There's out no bad ideas randomly. in this room, guys. Okay. That was yeah. a bad idea. All right. Okay. So there we go. Mm. That like is it. my um, swallow. I think we should support Zebra in their efforts there, and I think they're doing a good job. I think it's an increasingly difficult job because the small well, ones are getting Zebra. bigger. Thanks very much. Good, okay. Good chat. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sam Caporn, the mistress of wine, and you're listening to It's the Drink Talking. So, right, okay, we've got some booze in front of yes, us. Yes, we have. We're going to do some tasting now, listeners. Uh, we are, you're not. I'm not um, sure I am, frankly. Well, yeah, oh, after your coming last night, maybe you should drink less but drink better. Absolutely, <laughs> Sam. But we're going to taste some cognac. So you oh, got, you were just you talking about that? I was. Wow. That's, I have just come back from cognac, so it's going to be a bit of a theme. Tell us about it. This and maybe the next podcast been, as well. I've never been. You've not? Okay, no. well, that surprises me because it's just north of Bordeaux, so the vineyards sort yeah. of run into your world. Yeah. Although the grapes they use most Ooh. definitely don't, I, I would no, argue. No, they're not good wine grapes. They use Uni Blanc. Mm. The reason why they choose that grape is, is because they distill it. So to go back to the beginning of what we're drinking, this is a fruit spirit brandy, and that covers a lot of different distillates. Fruit provides sugar, so you can ferment it. Yeah. So Calvados is made from exactly. apple, it's an apple brandy. And fruit spirits are pretty much, you know, they're one of the they're one of the first incarnations of distillation in the same way that they were the first incarnations of fermentation. Because booze. Yeah, they say it's booze. And turning apple juices into distillates, but also grape. Now, cognac is a grape brandy, and there are many grape brandies. There's Pisco, there's Grappa, there's Armagnac. And Armagnac and cognac are the two big French grape brandies. Armagnac we'll talk about on another show. Ben, I know you're a fan. I'm, I'm a f- oh, it's just holiday in Yeah, a beautiful region. Nice. Um, mm. And it has a town called Condom, so there's plenty, there's yeah, plenty yeah. to say about <laughs> Armagnac. Uh, but Armagnac's probably the, the French grape brandy, the, the brandy that they keep for themselves. And Cognac is the king of brandies, but really it's the global face of great brandy. Now, I should remember this from when I did my WSET, but um, what's the difference between cognac and armagnac? There are um, plenty of technical d- differences, not least regions and how they're distilled. And actually, armagnac is um, it's the oldest and they've had lots of sort of variations on their themes. Cognac set down the, the basis of double distillation back in the oh. uh, the start of the is 17th century. Is double distilled? No. That's it. No. And that, they, yeah, they, right. They've had lots of different goes producing Armagnac and I think um, they've never been quite so regimented it's a bit more of a laissez-faire and they have lots of discussions about how it's made and and it is much more rustic and for that reason arguably more romantic but then Armagnac's more rustic yeah Yeah. but then when we look at Cognac it's just drenched in this 
epic history. And, that's just, and also, like, when you've got sort of rappers rapping about really expensive cognacs, that'd yes. be, wouldn't it? Yeah, like, yes, yeah, Armagnac is not it? really readily yeah. available in, yeah. in outside of France. And they're small producers, whereas cognac has the four big houses, so mm. uh, Hennessy, Martel, Remy and Courvoisier. So they've got big budgets. Big, uh, big, more, big very much ostentatious, very yeah. more bling. But also a rich, rich history. I mean, it's just been a bit more savvy, I suppose, commercially they laid a lot of stuff down the fact that you can find cognacs that are 130 years old they've had the financial power to do that because it's all been built on trade as a category they're based next to the river Charente Charente, Charente my French is a bit weak um, which was a trading zone and and so it's always been exported a lot of the people who went down there and set up the distilleries were not necessarily French Hennessy was a, an Irishman and there's a big Irish connection to the cognac oh. region a lot of the Irish legged it over centuries for various reasons the English just hassling them a lot and also then the potato famine and obviously they spread out into the world as we know the Irish but a lot of them went to France and set up distilleries or or places where they could buy eau de vie and blend them. And that's quite an important distinction in cognac as well. So just to talk very quickly through the production process, you take your grapes, you ferment them, uh, you get a wine and then you distill that. In cognac, you have to distill it twice. And then you age an eau de vie. It's what you end up with, a, a spirit, an eau de vie. And then you, you mature it in oak barrels, French oak barrels, uh, for a period of time and then you blend it. And to use Hennessy as an example, because that's where I've just come back from, they talk a lot about how all those different people in the process have their role. So Hennessy would not see themselves as a, a winemaker or a grape grower. They see themselves as someone who manages the eau de vie and the blending process. So everyone has a very important role in it. In other spirits, I suppose it could be the same, but you don't necessarily always grow the grain and take it all the way through. And we've worked closely with Adnams recently who do, do. everything uh, because they make their own beer, which gives them their fermented uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they have, have their own grain. It's quite unusual to do everything, but they're very passionate um, at Hennessy and, and the big houses to talk about how these little producers uh, give them even eau de vies that they can then manage, mature and blend. People tend to think of cognac as quite uh, stuffy. It has a bit of a reputation, I would argue. Gentleman's that, Club. That, yeah, it does. I don't know. I don't mean who do, I mean, you don't you drink know. cognac. What would your perception of it be, Sam, to throw it um, to you? One, kind of, you know, in the same way that you might have people having bottles of Cristal. Um, Table service clubs. Yes. Mayfair, yeah. Yeah. Or complete reverse more you know old school in your private members club you know the chaps will sit and have a cognac or whatever but would you order one in a bar would you think about having it instead of a whiskey or a rum or um would you well, ever to be convert- honest i don't really drink a lot of spirits no she says i drank a lot of gin <laughs> yeah. on the aeroplane yeah, mostly so- shit beer <laughs> yeah. so shit beer um gin uh, wine yeah. and then normally you're done by that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. I'm well, I think what was in, what is interesting for me is talking to the people at Hennessy uh, this uh, week. What about does Amaretto or Cointreau count? Yeah, no, no, no. you drink what you want, love. Ian, can oh, you cut that bit, please? <laughs> yeah, once you've had ten pints or something, it doesn't really matter what you're drinking. <laughs> Anyway, you can take the girl out of Croydon. Yeah, um, <laughs> after a while, I mean, this was amazing. I'd... What's uh, that? Is, um, what's wrong with what, Amaretto? What? That's all right. It's all right. Yeah, but okay. I mean, really. But go back to what they were saying at Hennessy. Interestingly, although I, I was making a point that it does have this reputation of being stuffy old man's, you know, it's a private members' clubs, gentlemen only, and that sort of carry on. And he was saying that in the UK, one of their most loyal bases is young women drinking really? it. So that must come back to your view on where it sits it's in Mayfair. It's young women, though, isn't it? It's young what? women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're talking about the grapes. Grapes are important. They use Uni Blanc. Uh, they can use up to six different varieties of grapes but the grapes are very high in acidity so and they don't carry a lot of flavor now the reason for that is when it comes to distillation they're very rich in esters so all the Mm. things that we want from a distillate in the world of distillation but you don't necessarily want in the world of wine you might want some of the more natural rich bodied fruits that are going to just come out of the fermentation process but none of those are good in cognac so that's why uh, uni blanc is not something you'd necessarily be seeing in in a supermarket mm. on a shelf. I want to um, taste this stuff. You want to taste some cognac? Yeah. 
hopefully, if you can tell your friends about this podcast and we can get more people listening, this will continue to go on for many years mm. and we'll work our way through all the different expressions. Now, there are three core expressions of cognac, different um ages of them. VS is very special and that's what we're going to taste today because that's the sort of starting block and it's about everything has to be aged for a minimum of two years. There's VSOP which is a very superior old pale. Four and years. Then, yes and then there's XO. All coming back. They expand out into other expressions. There's also fine champagne or fin mm-hmm. champagne. Fin champagne. Fin Fin champagne. Fin takes us to the regions. Y- yes, the yes, regions yes, yes, and the where regions. they pick their grapes from and how good the vineyards are. So Fin bois. Yeah. Petit, Petit Champagne. Fulou. Petit Champagne. Grand Champagne. <laughs> Bonbon. <laughs> Bonbons. Bonbons. Bonbois. Bonbois. Good word. Uh, yeah. uh, so different regions. Uh, the, the Champagne regions are like seen as the sort of the, the best. But Hennessy would say again, terroir, where those grapes grow, is, uh, is not as in important as the people who produce them. I'm sure that's true of any wine, is mm. it? Terroir is only where something grows, the chalky terroir soil. Terroir is, yeah, a combination of the sense of place. It's basically soil, climate. Yeah. It's, well, but the people, yeah. the, the people. people as well. Because if you mm. have all of these things and then you have some utter bum clown who doesn't know what he's doing then it doesn't make any difference does it so no. as they say they, they, uh, Hennessy for a example a bum clown yeah that the, bum the clown. that's the official a bum clown for a bad winemaker that's the French <laughs> bum clown a bum clown a bum clown anyway so uh, we're going to start with a very small producer first uh, Le Cat or Le Cat Le Cat I don't know how Le you said but it sounds more French if you say Le Cat yeah I was always told by my mum who's half French to if you want to see more French then move your arms around a lot, shrug and quite a lot. But and maybe all, a slight but, sneer. But, well, no, no, uh, speak as if you're kissing someone, like, Ooh. so your lips forward to you, or, le cœur, oui, because uh, mm. it is very difficult to not speak like a Frenchman. Mm. That's quite good. That's good, yeah. yeah. Well done. <laughs> I, I believed you were French. Mm. It is a VS, the Le Cat. Uh, it's named after Pierre Le Cat. Pierre Le Cat. Pierre Le Cat. Okay, I can't do it so well. You're pretty good at it, though. Yeah. Um, That's the French mother. And mm. they were supplying their eau de vies to the big houses, and then they decided to start bottling their own and selling it, which is why not? Why Ben was able to buy it at rather short notice, because I couldn't get it. Hold I anything, bought this so. from Borough Wines, yeah. who are wonderful. Our friend Mitch Adams is overseeing things there, and uh, they've opened a place in Turnham Green Terrace, Chiswick. I like what they're doing. Twenty-three hectares of vineyards, sustainable farming methods. What's these it guys. Taste who, like? Well, it this is quite elegant. Like? Uh, it's quite fruity, very it's, silky. It is actually, and a VS is the, well, the reason we're starting with the VS is because it's it's the most accessible and frankly the cheaper well. end of the market. So if you're new to the category, it's quite nice to sort of go in there at the thirty-pound mark. Rather than get this was thirty pounds. Was it thirty pounds? Oh, okay. And you can get it. I mean, I imagine you can get the other cognac we're we're going to taste, which is the Hennessy VS, in the same shop for around the same price. I'm beginning to Um, worry. I'm not very sophisticated. You aren't. So don't don't worry about it. It's fine. We've dealt with it. We've moved on. (laughs) Go on. What's what's your problem? You don't like it. Basically. I like most wines. You know, I'm quite good at wine. I know. Kind of know my stuff. But you know. I know this stuff's all meant to be really delicious, but um, no, no, no. I mean, it's it's forty percent ABV spirit, and you've got a hangover. I mean, I'd okay. say you, this yeah. is the first thing you've had after your breakfast. Yeah, you aren't sophisticated, and this isn't the way you're supposed <laughs> to be drinking. I mean, your but listeners, listeners, yeah, listeners <laughs> will have the benefit of listening to this around seven o'clock in the evening, By a or maybe fire. maybe mm. after their dinner. Would and you eat anything with cognac? Well, nice interestingly, I, I've just been on, I've just been to cognac, and they served cognac throughout a meal Crikey. and you probably tend to think of it as a dessert or an après dinner mm. digestive mm. but they served it with starter and main course and it went brilliantly with fish and it went brilliantly with a big meaty main <gasps> course yeah. in duck in fact it was Wait, really uh, and it went brilliantly with foie gras but i'm with us not get bogged down foie gras my husband makes a really nice prawn cocktail. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're it really goes brilliantly, and it goes brilliantly with what's it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are, you are different so level. What's your point, Sam? Different Please level. rescue it. Flippin' heck, this is supposed there's, to be cognac. There's some booze in the prawn cocktail, in the, in the oh, Marie okay. Rose sauce. Right. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure what it is, but it's something like 
cognac, armagnac, whiskey, something like that. This actually, cognac, again, what you're, what you're saying about mm. having it with starters, would be delicious with a prawn cocktail. <laughs> like, sort of throwback from the 80s. I, I like, like drinking the, cognac while I play Yahtzee. Yes, you're the great palate in the room. What do you get on it, apart from... Apples. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, pear. But you know, but I get apples. It's a fruit. <laughs> yeah, but I get apples. Yeah, okay. Ripe That's apples, good. like a nice um, gala. Yeah. Oh, you've even been specific. So there you are. You are sophisticated. They use a, a combination spicy. of. Can I can yes. I say a little bit of spice as well? Well, they put it in oak. Would that be from the oak? The yes. French oak. Well, well played. Well played. They use uni blanc, but they use colombar yep. and mm. fol blanc. Fol blanc. Fol blanc. So would either of those two grape varieties? in your arena yeah no Columbard I think um, might be blended in kind of big SEA Australian blends but again they're not snazzy enough to um, chuck on the label a uh, full blanche like no. almost zero no Columbard okay. more so like you might get a Chardonnay Columbard cheaper more entry right. level Australian wine for example otherwise I guess yeah I mean the same Regional principle thing. they're high in acidity good mm. for distilling not good for blending good. and making the blend a bit cheaper well, there you go so adding not, a bit of mm. Yeah, verb to some riper oh, chardonnay. Okay, well, this is good chat. Can we taste the Yeah, well, they're going to try the Hennessy next. So oh, Hennessy Come on. Um, is the uh, the biggest, I suppose they've got about 50% market share of the category. That's a lot uh, of market share. It is. I, I is actually so I need to double check it? if it's volume or value because they have a lot of luxury cognac we are going right to the bottom or end of that you're not getting the luxury stuff <laughs> oh that's just for me and we're we're drinking the vs we really are not oh, going to get the good stuff not today maybe that's, if you're um, good that's a deeper color it is a deeper color <coughs> well spotted it is it's um, deeper i think this is it's mm, spent it a bit more time it's sm- can you, s- you smell you smooth you can can't yeah, you yeah but do you remember those you, well, um, you could, you, you could, what you're smelling is the promise of a texture isn't it because smooth is not a, not an aroma that's what i'm saying but it's weird because as a as a wine person obviously mm. you can't i know you can't smell structure no but you can i don't know maybe it's just um a psychological thing you can see the legs you can see that this looks mm. more looks viscous and more robust yeah. and what you're smelling is a uh, perhaps a richer oaky note and caramel yeah, yeah. Yum. and this those are, those are the sorts of aromas that are promising this is going to be smoother and possibly a bit sweeter as well so this you know I'm girding my loins here for something that looks quite yum it is young. Is it significantly think, more expensive than no, the no, 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 it's no, still no. VS. It still sits at the entry level of uh, of the category, and that I mean, it's quite affordable, and they've put a, a hell of a lot of work into it. Forty different eau de vies blended together, mm. and um, and if you go to the Hennessy Distillery and Visitor Centre, it's, it's beautiful. It's right on the river, and there is a hell of a lot of history within that house, and a lot of luxury. If you get to do their luxury experiences, I mean, so they spend a lot of time Oops. and energy over this. The master blender uh, sits with uh, six other people, and every day at eleven o'clock, they sample a series of their eau de vies before they've gone into barrels, and they taste over ten thousand over the course of a year. So Monday to Friday, every day they're tasting these things. Now so that sounds, there will be people go, oh, what a great job, but that must no, be no, it's really hard. They're pretty honest and about ha- that. Um, yeah. Teeth. How is that? They've all got them. Yeah, had they? Yeah. yeah, and there's, I mean, there's another two people who are in the room who are trainees, and they don't get to say anything. They just sit in a room and watch, really? and they do that for two years before they, they get. I mean, even go. that just because this is delicious. I like this they one, spit. but yeah, uh, there's a lot of acid and. And very strong alcohol. Yeah, it's tough. It is regarded as mm. a, it's intense, and they handpick these people. And they, I think part of the process is, do you really want to do this? Because this is yeah. a, a life commitment to. Quite just, cool though. But cool, and it's a beautiful Real place expert. to be working every day. So these are the same level. Are these both VSs? They are both VSs. Mm. So I very special. The, um, the Hennessy. Mm. Well, it's richer. Well, it's got it, a bit more very, spice. What's interesting it. is how mm. different like the they caramel. are. But it's what's extraordinary is just the so in whiskey you describe it as new make, but off the still eau de vie. The differences in the eau de vies really? and the flavours of the subtleties of so the, that's coming so, from. And that's, so that's where they start. That's where they start, and then they put them in the barrels, and then a blend will be two or more. So then they'll start blending them. This has been 40 different, but I mean, it's extraordinary just the levels of, of variety in those flavours at the very beginning of the process. Because wood, I'm, actually, the wood they use, uh, we've talked about wood in uh, American whiskey, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. love those yeah. big vanillas mm-hmm. and those rich, well, it's French oak, yeah. and it's very old. They keep their barrels. I mean, they might put some of it into new barrels oh, so for not, six months, okay. but they, they age this up to, anywhere up to 50 or 60 years, and then they work out how much the wood's given, and then they put it in 
into demijohns, glass demijohns, mm. which is why they've got stocks that go back to hundreds of years. Mm. You know, that's, I mean, it's, it is actually drinking history. It's extraordinary. But you'd think, because of all that time in oak, that this would be really overpowered by that. But it's still... It's still mean. very delicate, mm. and you can still and you taste, taste it those for a different long time as well. Yeah, and the finish on it it's is amazing. For a VS around, around thirty quid, I think the that Hennessy is well. It is the best selling VS in the world. So, I mean, there's a, a lot the of reasons, mm. yeah. a lot of reasons, but it tastes good. Fantastic, Tom. Thank you very much. You could pass yourself as a, of some kind of expert. You so should try and do that for a living. You've just been to cognac. I have actually spent <laughs> five days in in the region drinking exceptional and expensive cognac. And in one of our other podcasts, I might allow you to try something oh. that costs two thousand pounds a bottle. Oh, that, Ooh, that, but like different. that, that'll oh, be yeah. actual different gravy. That is good. Well, we look forward to that. But now, Sam, mm-hmm. um, Ooh, try and raise your game a little bit here because. Up until now, hitherto, you've been a disgrace. <laughs> oh, that's so not true. Um, but now, tell us about your legend of liquor. Do you know, you just winked at me. Really? Yeah, I think it's just got a lazy eye. He's just got a lazy eye. I think that's my chafing. <laughs> and he's been drinking cognac. And that's how he gets. Yeah, he's a lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely lady. Well, and you're a lady. You're a woman. <laughs> you're in a room, been drinking in a room with another man and a lady. Ergo, ergo, he starts to drool. My legend of liquor is a lady called Anne-Claude Lefleve. And um, she actually was born the same day as me, 17th of January, but a few years before. So she was born in 1956. And the reason she's really cool is, sadly, she died of cancer a couple of years ago, but she was a massive pioneer in Burgundy in France. And so she inherited Domaine Lefleve, which is like a top producer in Pellini Montrachet, set up by her grandfather, Joseph. And then she took it over from her father, Vincent. And so A... Big up to a lady in Burgundy in what's quite a traditional region. Oh, is this another feminist bent? Kind of. Oh, I can't help myself. I've done really? quite a few birds, no, I haven't I? Yeah, I mean, you should champion the I'm women. I'm champion. Oh, you know what? Come I'm on, doing man. it. You're going to run so, out soon. Well, until I do. Um, so, And I just wanted to talk about her because she introduced biodynamic viticulture pretty mm. much into Burgundy. So in this very kind of traditional region, mm. she introduced biodynamics okay i think we're going to get to the sort of basics of what biodynamics Mm. is i know we've we've covered it a little bit in previous podcasts but not that much and sometimes when i hear it i think of people burying big skulls in the ground and like looking at the moon and yeah that's exactly what it is but is it uh, the stuff of utter nonsense or Mm. is there there's some science behind it or does the okay, science so two, not even matter? Two things. This actually is totally true. There's a, a soil guy called Claude Bourguignon. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. As in, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bourguignon. <laughs> I'm surprised. I had to reread that three times to check, yeah, <laughs> to check I had that right. But anyway, Claude Bourguignon was like an independent soil bloke and he basically sort of verified that vineyards that had been following biodynamic principles had more sort of activity in the topsoil and the right. roots were thicker, stronger okay. and went longer than those who, that had followed sort of conventional farming. But they ha- it has this massive element of hocus-pocus about it because it is, frankly, slightly wacky. But it's basically organic farming on steroids. So mm. biodynamics was started by Rudolf Steiner, right. this Austrian sort of philosopher. The guy who does the schools. Yeah, mm. yeah, we have one where I live. And it is really alternative, and it's there are real sort of mystical elements about it, and it can't really be scientifically proven, so people do think it's a bit bonkers. But the whole idea is like Earth's, you know, living, and it's all about biodiversity and encouraging sort of, um, you know, plant life. Mm, and Spiders it's, to eat flies. To yeah, that kind of thing. And um, so shit. it all kind of makes sense. I mean, as a, you know... Do they, do they completely eschew and reject, like, pesticides? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. So... They can use sulphur, and they can use Bordeaux mixture. Mm. Sort of lime and copper sulfate and water, I think. Right, so all um, all organic stuff. Yeah, yeah, but m- massively. And then so it's, then it's all this organic element because you're trying to kind of harness 
uh, lots of sort of lunar cycles and this kind of thing that they follow a very strict pattern of behaviour and they do things according to the moon mm. and um, there's two main treatments that they use and they bury them in the in a cow horn and they put it in the soil. Okay, I mean, that's where you start to lose <laughs> me a little bit. I mean, the moon stuff, I understand, because yep. in terms of gravity and the pull and the yep, moon, yeah, the moon has, exactly. its, has its place in how the earth behaves. What's the cow head all about? That sounds like I think mentalism. It's, yeah, and that's the thing. For me, that sounds a bit dodge, mm. but I think the whole idea is it's meant to encourage this dynamism. Okay. And then and then you basically make preparations and you've got to stir them one way and you've got to stir them the other. Okay. And then it's all about kind of forces and then you you know you spray them on you but know. Does you like the bone draw certain things prior eat, to eat dead human intervention, cows would have died, their horns would have yeah, been left on the calcium deposit. That is what it's believed okay. to be. Good. Yeah. So there is a logic I mean, I do, to it. It's not just yeah. about like spiritualism. It's, there is no, a sort they, of yeah, it's, but it's all completely organic, linked in with uh, the solar system, the you know the planetary movements. Yeah, I find it fascinating. But the thing why I love it is a lot of it is a bit nuts. Mm. But some of the top domains in France follow it, and the reason they follow it is they believe that their wines are better as, right. as a result. So apparently, one of Anne Claude Lefebvre's um, vineyards was literally pretty much dead. And then she started following biodynamic principles. Because with wine and producing quality wine, and this is kind of why I get it, it's kind of all about the soil and the roots. So if you think the roots of the vine are going deep into the soil and they're picking up trace elements and minerals and stuff, which is will go into the grapes and then presumably make the wine more complex and interesting. So mm. anything that helps with soil, health, plants, you know, particularly roots... Mm. Strength and all that kind of thing has to be good. And apparently, this vineyard went on to produce her top wines. Mm. And then all these other like snazzy um, producers in France also. So she was a bit of a trailblazer. Yeah, she was, but also she was a communicator. I'm going to share my knowledge. And she set up a wine school. And she'd have, you know, you get horses in your vineyards using, you know, natural manure. Mm. You know, her wines are some of the top wines in the world. Oh, there you go. So I think she's awesome. And then just to finish on the biodynamic bit as well, even though it's quite wacky and this whole. When the moon's ascending, you do different parts in the vineyard, or when it's the, you follow a strict lunar cycle. But for me, as a wine lover and drinker expert, I'd and say. expert, mm. um, what I have, I've got you a present. And obviously, you can get it in an app, but I'm really old school. You can get a little book called When Wine Tastes Best A Biodynamic Calendar for Wine Drinkers. And the whole idea is that um, the days are broken down into sort of fruit, flower, leaf, and root. And if you drink wine on a certain day, it tastes better than if you drink it on another day. And that is absolutely true. I like the sound of that. Things I do buy into it, in the wine world, there's a lot of talk about terroir and the sort of degree. The The slope and the aspect. The slope and the aspect, all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of magic about it. And then you think, okay, in the regions and the weather and everything, so it all comes together. But then if they're then spraying artificial man-made pesticides or fertiliser on it, you kind of think, well, that yeah. that kind of pulls the rug up from underneath yeah, it. I, I think it undermines that aspect of it. And I understand why people do it, because they want consistency. And, well, yeah, um, so and well, obviously they're trying to prevent certain sort of mildews, whether it's downy mildew or paddy mildew, and various fungal problems. Yeah. Uh, but after a certain period of time, you'd think that that will end up in the soil, and that would, you know, that mm. would hamper plant life and all the things that biodynamic viticulture are trying to... Uh, it's, it's interesting, because I think, so, so, having just been to... The cognac and talking Have to them about their vineyard. I've just been yeah. for five days. Um, yeah, and you'll hear about it in the next podcast <laughs> as well, and probably the one after that, um, because they were talking a lot about uh, it's been a bad crop and early frosts have meant, oh, meant that, yeah. and you see a lot of black grapes, but they're also talking about bark rot or root rot, or a fungal problem that's going through the vineyards at the moment that they don't have a, an answer for, and these things emerge every now and then. Yeah. And it's not phylloxera. It's not phylloxera, no. but they come from that history of. In 1870, that phylloxera bug decimated. I mean, cognac would be the number one spirit in the world, but it was absolutely destroyed. Ruined. The whole, yeah, yeah, and it's never recovered. So you can see why they come from a position of slight uh, zap it anxiety. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's just kill this before it kills yeah. our entire industry. Yeah, you can imagine going, "Don't worry, I'm going to stick a cow horn." Yeah, no, Jean Pierre, we need some pesticides. <laughs> it seems the English have got more wine than us. <laughs> that would be irritating for them, I'd imagine. So I can see why they do take any 
measure necessary. And what I'm interested to hear is whether the biodynamic producers are doing this at the same time as running vineyards where they use all the other so they have a bit, they're hedging so they, their do, they do a bit of this, or are there now many independent biodiverse yeah, no, producers? No, I think... I think it's a real passion. Some people will follow biodynamics, um, but not actually be certified. So they couldn't say they produce biodynamic wines. But there's a lot of people who follow these kind of biodynamic principles, sort of um, you know, of sustainability, mm. kind of organic. I mean, it does. It sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's just this weird cosmic thing. Like, yeah, the cow horns meant to harvest cosmic forces in it's the just soil. It's like Scientology, isn't it? I, I, yeah. I'm on board with Scientology, yeah. you know, until like they start guys. talking about the... the well, I, I kind of believe in the alien stuff as oh. well, but... No, I'm mostly on board with Scientology. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> well, if you say or not, then they come... Yeah, but also I want to get into Hollywood, so... Yeah, so <laughs> we're, we're well into it. saying it. Um, so, yeah, so basically she was just such a pioneer, produced amazing wines, shared that knowledge, set up a wine school. She sounds just like a lovely all, lady. All, yeah. This is the thing about it. Whatever you think, it's got just ringing endorsements yeah. from everyone in basically, the industry. Basically, her wine's so it does rocked. Work. <laughs> so that was it, basically. Anne-Claude Lefebvre, biodynamic viticulture. It's crazy, but last weekend I had a bottle of wine that I've had many times and I just didn't rate it. And I was saying to my husband, this just isn't hitting the spot. And um, we had another bottle on Monday night. And I was like, oh, it's delicious. And so we said, let's consult mm. the calendar. I bet you today's a fruit day and last Sunday was not. Mm. Absolutely bloody There right. we go. Yeah, no, so, seriously. So, did, yeah, you didn't two, enjoy um, the blue nun, Monday go just back. gone was um, a fruit day and the, the Sunday we had it before was a you know, leaf or root day. So all I would say is if you have a tasty bottle of wine or it's Christmas, look at the calendar and I am being completely serious before you drink something expensive because I have had a look already and Christmas Eve is a fruit day. Really? Yeah, so oh. if you had a really tasty expensive bottle, I would suggest it's Christmas. That's a good time Christmas. to drink the good stuff as well. Yeah. It's, um, it's flower, so it's not fruit, but it's a flower day, whereas um, Christmas Day's leaf. Oh, okay. leaf from nine o'clock And also it's better to drink morning. a good wine on Christmas Eve because that's before most of the family come round. So you don't share it. Yeah, when well, yeah. you get all the old muck yeah. from yeah. that lot. I know. Well, Brilliant. thank you very much, Sam. That was fascinating, as ever. Yeah. And thank you, Tom, mm. uh, for your cognac-soaked contributions. You, you are welcome, Ben. And um, thank you, me, for being the uh, the best thing in this podcast. <laughs> again. So, um, Just yeah, time and again. I, I, I know. And all the people are saying it. All, Everyone's all, saying it. I've heard yeah. at least one person yes, you say it. <laughs> So um, that brings us to the conclusion of yet another It's a Drink Talking podcast. Join us next week when we will be doing a similar thing, but in a different order. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. Cheers. This was a Grand Cru podcast from Seven Digital. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.